Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is a Clerical Errors Podcast, the show that shows you what's behind the collar. This is Bullhagen. This is Vicker. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. So, yeah, Peter, I can't still hear myself in my headphones. <laughs> it's a blessing. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, is your is okay? No, you know you what? This is part of the episode now. Right. So we've been we've been <laughs> plugging in and unplugging microphones for the last twenty five minutes, mm. trying I, to get to the point. I think what it is is I don't happy. think channel four of the headphones, yeah, goes into channel four of the microphone goes into the output okay. of the headphones. So I'm proving them right now that that is wrong. Look at the screen you're seeing. Okay, you see how it's it's doing a thing? Yes. Uh huh. Now you know you know that it's working. So, Vicar, when you use these headphones, did you hear now yourself? You're muted. Yeah, I did hear myself through the headphones, but I think I brought my headphones with me. To be fair, I'm I'm still using the same headphones I was using when I crossed over. Oh, so I guess what that happens would... if you switch headphones? Yeah, no, no, we've we've switched enough equipment today. Like, All right, let's, let me, let's let keep do going. That. Why not? <laughs> We're gonna yeah. switch headphones yeah, yeah. again. We'll do it live. <laughs> you could you could actually turn Vicar down a little bit and then turn everything up in the oh, headphones. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Can you hear yourself now? Uh, no. Oh, hey, you know why? Because the, the mic sketch is a little bit more. different. One give more. me the sketch ones. All right. There's no, some don't like... take the sketch ones. No. And they're like tied into everything over here. <laughs> Can I? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So none of them but mine. I'm, well, I guess like last iteration, I hand you the ones I'm wearing to see if they work for you. Okay. Now, do you have <laughs> your headphone mixer plugged in? Is that correct, Bullhagen? Yes. Go ahead and turn your headphones up. Oh, which one is that one? Uh, Good question. I don't know. You switched headphones. You've been playing musical headphones. The All right, you guys talk. You guys okay, talk. Okay, we're we're talking, and you're fiddling with volumes on headphones, and, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and we talking. like talking, and we hope you yeah, like listening, and that you can making noise, and, and you're uh, still turning knobs. So I suppose it's not so working. You but you have like everything. Didn't you end up with like the, of, the worst headphones? You know, it's kind of hard to talk when Vicar's talking and I'm talking at the okay. same time. Okay, we, we did okay though. Yeah, we did okay. Yeah, can you hear yourself now? Not really. Maybe you just lost all your hearing. Is that better? Do you hear yourself? Is it because I turned... Oh, I'm peeking now. Oh, square wave at the top. <laughs> all right. Did you not have it plugged in all the way or something? I don't know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Okay, whatever. So uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is the, the podcast where we talk about our audio issues. Right. <laughs> it's kind of meta today, you know. It's about and- podcasting. And it's not just that, right? You know, Bullhagen walked into the uh, studio today wearing his readers, mm. uh, which I get to make fun of him for a little bit. Uh, he's very. I don't sensitive. want him to make. I don't want to make him insecure about wearing readers because he should wear them. Believe me, if if the listener, if you see him like trying to read something, I promise he can't see it. Uh, <laughs> he's see just the... too proud to wear the readers. Well, it's because so in is... my in my head, I still look twenty five. Right. See, the hair really should tell you otherwise at this point. What do you mean? I that have said, some. you look good with it. I think you look, you literally do look better with your graying hair than you did before. Graying. It really does work for you. <laughs> but your your glasses, definitely, those those glasses specifically do make you look like your father and not in a good way. I mean, I was thinking like maybe he was going to be the big bad wolf trying to be grandma. <laughs> I think you offended Vicar with your gray hair comment. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with gray hair. <laughs> Yeah, so I was 34 years old when the DMV made me put gray as the color of my hair oh, on my wow. driver's license. So I've had it a long time. Wow. You're like Steve Martin. 
Yeah, like that. Or Donahue, if you're my age and you know who Donahue oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> so today is a is a is a big day, right? Oh, this yeah. weekend and last weekend. What what's so exciting about it, Vicar? Uh, there's the the Civil War game, as it would be called if it was in Oregon. But I don't know if the Iowa versus Iowa State is called the Civil War game here. Is it called that? It's the Cyhawk game. Cyhawk. Okay. Right, because they they call it a Cyhawk series because. They they compete in all the different sports. Oh. And it's a so cyclone it's part of the versus series. a Hawkeye. Now, why they didn't go with Hawk clone, <laughs> not sure. Yeah. It doesn't flow quite as good. It's probably why a Hawk clone. It's okay. So so uh, I thought we could do a football episode. Oh, right on. Because <laughs> I know how much of a football fan you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite part of football? <laughs> uh, the part where they stand up during the national anthem. <laughs> okay they still do that <laughs> i don't know but that is that was the best back when that was the thing yeah peter's a big football fan too he's actually yeah, going huge. to more college football games than i have been well yeah but that's because it's you know i'm i'm near the ku jayhawks and they give those tickets away so <laughs> so i've got uh um the part of this football spectacular is i actually have at some point Pastor Chris Christian will be calling in. Hmm. So, uh, Peter, can you start explaining who Pastor Chris Christensen is? Chris Christian, excuse me, is uh, to man. If 19.0? you if you say his name wrong uh, a little a few more times, maybe he won't. He'll stop coming on the show. I don't. Oh. He might get oh. offended. I mean, he is a big deal. He's a big deal. I mean, he, so, fastest so, growing church. Yeah, at one point he was a pastor of the fastest growing church in in Oklahoma. At uh, yeah. Port Berlin, uh, Oklahoma. At the name of his church is Just Him Christian Church, and it's just Jesus, no theology, just oh, Jesus. Well, that just boils it right down, doesn't it? Yes. Um, and uh, um, he uh, um, has a uh, a church where he kind of uh, at a rest area off the interstate, where. Uh, he noticed people were kind of there on Sunday morning, and so he had the free use the, the space as his church. He just kind of shows up, and and people show up, <laughs> and it's the fastest growing because he, it went from three to nine when his uh, mother remarried. <laughs> That's some pretty fast growth right there if you do the math on it. Right. Yeah. So he's he's all about Jesus. That's yeah. No no, no theology. He gets mad at me when I talk about theology. Hmm. Uh, because it's it's just him. Although he has, like for Thanksgiving, he had a, a special event, just just Jesus and Turkey. Oh, yeah, of course. The, kind of expanding his horizons. Right. Where um, at, where he offered Turkey to people and, and just Jesus. And by Jesus, just mean, meaning using his name once in a while. He wasn't actually <laughs> offering the Lord's Supper or anything. Oh, he doesn't want to cram it down their throat. No, no, just... Just Jesus. So. And Turkey. And Turkey. I wonder if he's looking for a vicar. Um, it, that sounds like a really good gig. It's, it sounds <laughs> like a, a, an idea a vicar had once. <laughs> so uh, we should get to our text because uh, we don't know when he's going to call in. Peter, if you want to let us know when he calls in. Yeah, we'll do. So so uh, the text for this Sunday is probably some familiar ones. Want to go ahead and why don't you go ahead and read it, Vicar? I will. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke in chapter 10. Turning to the disciples, Jesus said privately, 
Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? All right, stop there, Vicar. Okay. So, obviously, as a as a theologian now, yeah, right. You see, notice something in that question right away, right? What do you notice in that question? Well, that's a there's about four things to notice, so I'm not sure which one you're thinking of. Okay, but it was to put him to a test is the first thing I noticed. He wasn't asking sincerely, so it was a trick question, I suppose. And he does call him teacher, so he gives him a title. Uh, and he wants to inherit eternal life. He wants to be an heir, to be part of the family of the right. kingdom of God. And the question is, what must I... Oh, that's very good. I should have caught that first. You're right. What should I do? What type of works should I perform in order to be saved? It's kind of what he's asking. Right. Ah. Right. Very good. And so to answer the question, what you must do to inherit, okay, which to me... Uh, I find that interesting. Even the question is kind of an oxymoron because what do you actually do to inherit something? Yeah, you you wait for someone to die. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the whole inheritance thing is you really don't do anything to inherit. No. If you do, it's more of a less of an inheritance and more of a... Right. Salary or wages. I mean, right. whatever. Compensation. Right. And and so this is a context by which that's a question Jesus is answering in this parable. Yeah. All right? Yeah. All right, let's continue then. Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. All right, stop there. So, uh... um. That is a correct answer, obviously, because Jesus would, will actually read the next part. Right. And he said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. So so here, uh, Jesus says, okay, if it's what you do to inherit eternal life, um, that's what you do, which is interesting, okay? Because what I find, find fascinating about this question is, is do you notice how, what the purpose of doing the law for this so if the, the law mm. is summarized in loving God and then loving your neighbor, right? Right. What is the motivation? To earn eternal life, I suppose, is the way it's framed. Right. Right. Is that love? Oh, right. And not really, because then it's, once again, kind of boils down to uh, uh, at least an ulterior motive, if not the main motive. So, for example, if uh, if a lot of times... Uh, people talk about marriage being like a negotiation mm. where, okay, I do these things. We have this on this relationship and, and we both get something out of this. You know, I will do these things. And if you do these things, right. Right. And, uh, and when people talk about that type of negotiation and relationships, that really isn't love. No, you enter into negotiations to say, what can I get out of this? What right. must I have? To, what do I have to do so I can get what I want in return? Right. I mean, it, it's you're also making the decision to get into it at all, finding out what the uh, what the result will be, if it's worth it to you. So, so when Jesus uh, talks about when we think about Jesus' relationship to us, 
Is it like a negotiation with us? I will do these things for you, and then you do these things for me? Or is it based on love, where I'm not seeking to get uh, back what I give. I'm going to give more than I'm going to receive, because I love you, right? Right. I'm a little lost on the pronouns, so we obviously cannot give anything to God more than we can receive. That's not possible. So, so it has to be by grace. It has to be by grace. That's, yeah, of course. Right. Okay. But but it, what your confusion already expresses the confusion that the lawyer believes. Right. What must I do to inherit? Right. Uh, it's, it is a, uh, you know, I can do this. Right. Uh, and uh, if I show enough love to you, if I show enough love to my neighbor, then I get to inherit eternal life. Right. He will be owed that. Yes, because he is youth views eternal life as a negotiation with God. Hmm. I do this so that I get something in return. And and God gives me eternal life in return. This is what I give to him, and this is what I give to my neighbor. Right. And what's interesting is he's obviously quoting the law, and and the law is good and correct, but he seems to not have the awareness that he has already fallen far short of that and can't do it. He can't possibly do. So he actually already knew the answer. If you're going to be saved by the law, fine, do all the law every day of your life since the moment you were born and never ever fail it and you'll have eternal life. Right. And 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 Jesus pounces on this. What's read the next line? But he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, "And who is my neighbor?" So the next part of the question then is the lawyer is trying to figure out, okay, so, if I have to love my neighbor mm-hmm. as myself, who is it that I should love so I can clear this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, checklist, you know, like, got it. <laughs> right. No, it's no different than, uh, than Peter asking Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Right. Because as soon as you set limits on that, if, if Jesus said seven, hmm. then he would say, okay. I've done my seven, I've done my forgiving, now mm. now I get what I need in return. We That views, views uh, uh, love as though it is an IRS fulfillment. You don't, yeah. you don't give any more to the government than you have to. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and that's exactly what this lawyer is doing. Okay, I want to inherit eternal life, so who is my neighbor? What's the, the kind of the minimum? What's the standard that I can... I can show and still fulfill this. Right. It's a common uh, mindset, I would say, even in even in America in modern times, of uh, what's the least I can do. And so you'll see on social media things like, uh, oh, what do they call it? Like you've complied with what your boss wanted, malicious compliance. Mm-hmm. Malicious compliance, where the boss wants you to do something, and you clearly know the spirit in which your boss wanted it was to become a more efficient worker, but instead you twist the the letter of the law to give even less than before you received the instruction. So you've maliciously complied because you're asking, what's the least I can do here? And I think the attorney's asking that question. Yeah, so he's seeking, in a sense, to virtue signal with God. Yeah, Right. Well, who's this neighbor? Point him out. I'll go love him real quick or whatever, and then we'll be done. <laughs> Got it. Right. With, for the sake of, I'm going to show love to my neighbor so that I get eternal life. Right. 
Not because your neighbor needs your love. Right, whoever that is. <laughs> right. So, go ahead and read. All right. Jesus replied, A man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. All right, stop there. So, uh, why did he pass by on the other side? Uh, let's see. I think it was so he would not become ceremonially unclean by being near to what he thought was a dead body. Right. So, he thought that he was showing love to God mm. by passing by. He passed by in his mind to fulfill the law so he wouldn't be made unclean. Right. He was seeking out for himself, mm. fulfilling the minimum requirement so God is happy with him, so he is remains unclean, or so he remains clean before God, right. so he passes by on the other side. Hmm. So in his mind, what is he doing? He's seeking to do what the lawyer did, justify himself, keep himself clean by walking by on the other side. Hmm. Yeah, and he, I guess he potentially accomplished that, uh, but it wasn't God who needed something in this case. Right. <laughs> All right, keep going, Vicar. All right. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. All right, let's stop there for a second. Uh, you you missed the the Levi. I wasn't sure if I did or not. That was why there was a pause there as I tried right. to find my place. But I, he would fall into the same category. The, the Levi did the same thing, uh, right? And, and passing the other side. And these are ones who probably would be more likely to be this man's neighbor. Y- yeah, physically, right? They live near him. Right, right, right. And so a Samaritan and. You can explain a little bit the baggage behind the Samaritan? Uh, yeah, uh, kind of like the bitter rivals, kind of like Iowa State and Iowa. They're nearby, so they don't like each other. So it was okay. a a nearby group of ethnic, uh, of, of a different ethnicity. They had a similar set of scriptures to the Jews, but uh, I think only a subset, as I recall. And they their place of worship was up on a mountain rather than in the temple. So I think they were bitter rivals because they had just enough in common to really highlight the differences, but they were bitter ethnic rivals. Right. It's kind of like how uh, how there were some similarities, just enough to make them hate each other. Yeah, exactly. Right? Right. It's kind of like, uh, um, you know, I think for, for some Lutherans, atheists making them more upset than a Methodist. Don't make them as, su- as, oh, as right. upset as a Methodist. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. I mean, the, the atheist is kind of right. doesn't really have much to say that would that would get us too worked up. I mean, the guy's an atheist. We're, I mean, he's not going to offer even a version of wisdom to us. But the Methodist, you know, they're going to be doing things wrong. <laughs> and 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 uh, a Methodist then would show would normally show hostility. Mm. Right. He wouldn't be the natural neighbor that you would expect. Right. Right. I mean, we look Catholic, so he's not going to want to deal with us. <laughs> right. Right. And by, by the way, uh, you'll, you'll notice that uh, there still is some of that. We don't want to look too Catholic. 
Yeah. And, and it's usually by someone over the age of 60. <laughs> right. You never hear that from anyone under 60. Right. Like, Peter, have you ever had anybody your age be concerned that the Lutheran looks too Catholic? Uh, No, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that uh, as a Pentecostal kid, we were pretty concerned about the Catholic Church and, uh, and the Book of Revelation and the chick tracks and all that stuff that were like uh, lambasted the Catholics. And so that was kind of like ingrained into us as like the, the great evils of the Catholic Church, um, which I took, uh, what do I want to say, like without questioning or arguing, because that was what was being taught to me when I was a kid. Um, so then that made me very suspicious of the Lutheran Church which my wife is was born Lutheran, uh, but I was suspicious because, wow, look at those robes and uh, and the way they make the sign of the cross, things that looked Catholic to me, which supposedly were inherently evil. By the way, Peter, sometime, do you think, I, I think this would be kind of a cool bit, if we, uh, since we're talking about Catholic, kind of look at the Pope's tweets. <laughs> that <laughs> might be cool. Do, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we'll put it, write that down so we remember to get to it. <laughs> All right. Duly noted. So, so as we look, right? Now, have you studied this before, this parable? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And so you kind of know that uh, when we, we look at this, uh, we view ourselves in the place of the man beaten up, really. Right. Right. We're the victim. <laughs> and Jesus is, is a true neighbor. Yeah. But at the same time, here, you have... Uh, you also have a condemnation of going the other way. Like, if you think that you're following God's law, this, this rich man is put in a paradox because, because he's placed in a position where either way he can't really fulfill the law. Hmm. Either he has to make God happy by walking by on the other side and being clean, hmm. or he has to love his neighbor and help him. He's actually giving a paradox that he can't actually do. Ah, Okay. He's showing him you cannot. So you're going to help him? Oh, well, then you'll be unclean. <laughs> right. And that seemed like they had elevated that at the time to a high level, like beyond uh, what it, beyond like even reasonableness for helping one another. And, and that's a paradox you're only placed into if you don't understand the gospel. Mm. Right? right. Yep. Because this the the walking by and staying unclean that's a uh, that is for your own sake. There's nothing, no grace there. Mm, right, right. That's self-serving. You don't want to go through all the hassle right. of being unclean, and you, and and you might be afraid of being unclean. Whereas in the gospel, because because um, you are already forgiven and you're clean by the name of Jesus, uh, you know Jesus then was willing to be made unclean. The Samaritan had no none of those laws to worry about. Hmm. His concern was for his neighbor. He cared about his neighbor. It wasn't to earn anything. He lost out on it, right? He gave up money. He gave up time. Right. And he did so without any demand or any reason of saying, thinking to himself, well, if I help the Samaritan, I'm going to the kingdom of heaven. Right. And that's not at issue at all, right? He does it to help him without any promise of any kind of reward. I mean, without any, any idea or suspicion that he could be rewarded for it. Right. At hmm. great cost. Right. And so as Jesus answers this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He, he uh, 
sends, in a sense, this man who thinks he can do it away. Now, he doesn't understand, at this point, the gospel, that, that uh, like when Jesus taught it's a rich man, it's easier for a rich man to go through an eye of a needle, right? Right. But then Jesus says, well, with God, all things are possible. Right. And, and he doesn't understand that yet, but it teaches us to uh, show love to our neighbor because of God's grace and mercy. And, right. and and love our neighbor because they need it, right? And uh, to not look at the at our relationship with God as a way of getting something in return, because you already have that, right? You can't earn it. That's such a that's the the best point right there. You already have eternal life by virtue of what Christ did and your baptism, and and so when you're helping your neighbor, you're not you shouldn't view it as doing work. On a, for God or for an earning anything because and it, and it doesn't ask well what's the least that I can do yes that's not a part of the question it is if you're seeking to earn something to earn eternal life but if but if it, in this case that's not part of the equation for the Samaritan right he um, simply sees somebody that needs that needs help and, oh, and, oh I uh, I'm getting a call from Pastor Christian oh oh goodness are you so uh um. Are are you there, uh, Pastor Christian? Well, well, yes, yes, I am. I'm right here. Well, well, good. Uh, your telephone line is a little, little hard to hear sometimes. So I think I got you. Uh, I've got uh, Vicar nineteen point here. Oh, hello there. Good to meet you. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, so far, so good. That's good. That's good. Sometime you should come out here and, and really see what a, a growing, thriving church is like. Yeah. Hey, now. Be nice to see the difference. <laughs> So, uh, Pastor Chris Christensen is a pastor at Just Him Christian Church in Portland, Port Berlin, Oklahoma. Well, well, actually, my name is just Christian, Chris Christian. Oh, sorry about that. So, h- how are you doing, Pastor Christian? I'm doing doing fantastic, just just fantastic. So, um, Vicar, I think we talked about this already. He was pastor at one time, was the fastest growing in terms of ratio in, in Oklahoma. Right. Yeah, like 300% or something like that. Yes. Uh, by the way, Bullhagen, I did notice that you're selling a shirt on your website, an advertisement of my church. Well, th- thank you very much. Well, no worries. No worries. Um, so what have you been up to, uh, Pastor uh, Christian? Well, it's that time of the year that everyone is so very excited about. Vicar, do you know what that is? I uh, football season, I suppose. I was going to say Sunday school. Oh, uh, yeah. I meant Sunday school. Yeah. Actually, Vicar, you're right. It's football. <laughs> Everyone this time of year is so excited about football. Uh, so, Pastor Christian, are are you uh, a big football fan? Why? Why? Yes, I am. I love football. I love it when the big guy hikes the ball and they run around and jump on each other and run into each other. Sometimes they throw the ball and they catch it. And I love it when the men in striped shirts throw colorful flags and uh, they kick football, footballs, and it's just great. It's just, I love football, just like everyone else. 
Well, that's great. That probably helps you relate with everyone else with your your advanced uh, football knowledge. Well, yeah. Yeah, I love it when they, they kind of toss the old animal skin around, you know, like I did with my dad. Ah, football. It's great. Hey, uh, Vicar, do you like football? I, I do like football. And uh, maybe not every animal skin, but, you know, the pig skin. The pig I, skin? I, I like the pig skin version of it. Okay. Uh, right. Pastor Christian, do you have, like, a favorite uh, football team? Oh, well, obviously, being from Oklahoma, I like the Sooners. You know, I like that, too, because um, I prefer when people come to church here in Portland that they come sooner rather than later because the, the, the floor waxers come on later on Sunday morning and they clean the floors. And that really is disruptive to my just hymn liturgy where it's just him. So uh, back to your subject here, uh, Pastor Christian, when did you start like in football? Well, Boygan, have you ever seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite? Well, yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. That movie was actually my inspiration. Because I kind of feel a one-wist with uh, Uncle Rico. Oh, yes, Uncle Rico. Yeah. In fact, I fancy myself as the Uncle Rico uh, of pastors, really. And, uh, you know, I, except, <laughs> I put it this way, Coach did put me in, and I did win state, you know, Oklahoma Fastest growing at one point, you know. <laughs> All right. So, so with this I, football, you have like a program with it? I'm talking, by the way, to Pastor Chris Christian, the, the pastor of Just Him Christian Church in Port Ber- Berlin, uh, Oklahoma. At one point, was the fastest growing church in Oklahoma. Um, so, tell me about your new program. Uh, yes. It's called uh, Just Jesus. And football, because obviously you can tell my genuine love for the big game, football, right? So, because everyone like me loves football so much, I see this as an opportunity. Because I've noticed that parents love their children so much that they want their children to be football stars. And we are bringing this love of children and Jesus together in this event called Just Jesus and Football. Well, I'm, are you intrigued about this, Vicar? I'm very intrigued. I'd, I'd love to see the merger of those two compelling themes. So so what kind of, Pastor Christian, what kind of things, oh, by the way, I'm talking to Pastor Chris Christian, uh, the pastor of Just Him Christian Church. <laughs> <laughs> Bullhagen, I'm sorry, Like, why do you keep saying who you're talking to? If people are just tuning in, you know, I want them to, to be well aware yeah, I've I've been listening to a lot of local radio to get my my interview chops build up. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Pastor Christian, uh, what are you doing in this Just Jesus? What kind of events do you have going on uh, with this Just Jesus and football? By the way, we were talking to Pastor Chris Christian, the pastor of the the fastest, what's once was the fastest growing church in Oklahoma, in Port Berlin, Oklahoma. And so, get back to the question, what have you, kind of events have you been doing, Pastor Christian? Well, one thing I've done is I've got some former Nebraska Cornhusker players who uh, have volunteered to, to help out. Really? Yeah, yeah, they've just been very wonderful to work, out, work with because, well, first of all, um, they have some court-mandated community service work to do, and... Uh, um, 
because we are at a, a, a public area, that disqualifies to him be the glory. And uh, so I have invited them over. By the way, these, these former football players, um, they're big, they're angry, they're fast, uh, they just got out of prison. Mm. Um, freakish, really. Well, what I have is uh, young kids will get a chance to play the big game with some of their heroes that they look up to. Oh, and right. so, so what they're going to do is they're going to have a chance to return punts against these very angry, angry, freakish football players looking for redemption. That's now, Pastor Christian, that's that's kind of rude to call them freakish. That's... To him be the glory. Well, that's well, that's kind of a strange idea, but I, I hope no one gets hurt. Well, you know. Sometimes when you dream big, Bullhagen, you put it in God's hands. You mm. know, uh, I'm a man of faith. Are you, Bullhagen? Well, you know, not perfect, but, uh, you know. Well, that's just it. I, I just think as a man of faith and building on faith that everything's going to be okay. All right. So wait, who are we talking to again? I kind of checked out for a second. We are talking to Pastor Chris Christian, the pastor of Just Him Christian Church in Port Berlin, Oklahoma, the pastor of what was once the fastest growing church in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, got it. So do you have any other events planned? Yes, yes. You know, part of being a good football player is you got to be elusive. All right. So so what's going to help these kids be elusive? Well... I have this old uh, Astro van that doesn't work anymore. Vic, are you aware of uh, Astro vans? <laughs> yeah, I used to have one of those. That's that's a fair description of the Astro van that the all of them, I think, but especially the one I had. Well, what I've done, uh, can I call you 19.0? Yes, you sir, you can call me that. What I've done, 19.0, is is I've taken my Astro van and I've welded the door shut. I've left the one broken window open. Mm. And uh, I've put some coyotes in there that are very hungry. <laughs> I've okay. hidden an animal skin ball mm. somewhere in the Astro van. And the kids go in, and the first one to find the ball, get through the coyotes, and exit out the broken window wins. Wow. They're going to be uh, elusive or, uh, or you know, potentially never come out of the Astro van, I suppose. To him be the glory. And... And they win a prize uh, for for the first one to get out with uh, the animal skin ball mm. uh, wins just like they would at the big game a gold medal. <laughs> I a, thought a trophy comes to mind. No, but a gold medal. The trophies are expensive. <laughs> okay. So what Maybe do the what do the 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 kids get that? don't do don't get anything do they get like some kind of participation prize of some kind well you know when you're talking just jesus there's only one prize mm. you know you know you don't become the the pastor of the fastest growing church in oklahoma i've been second place for him to god be the glory oh okay um so what do the parents think of this? Well, you know, parents love their kids. In fact, 
They want their kids to be first place just like everyone else. And so they show their love by yelling and screaming at their kids and and kind of living their dreams through them. Hmm. Is that kind of why you relate with Uncle Rico? Well, I'm not sure to him be the glory. Um, so you've talked a lot about what you're doing here uh, with your Just Jesus and football. Uh, where is the Jesus part? Well, I have an opening prayer. <laughs> Does it have the word Jesus in it by any chance? Uh, I, I, I'm i not sure to him be the glory. Um, obviously, I'm going to pray uh, that... Uh, that uh, thanking him that we all got there safely that day, you know? Right. Whatever whatever he lays on my heart that day, you know, is is what I'm going to say. And, and, and I think that prayer that God lays on my heart, asking for him for protection from uh, angry ex-cons and coyotes in an Astro van. And hopefully uh, the, the cleaners come late. Maybe. Yeah, and the cleaner's coming late, although um, I do think that um, the cleaners also uh, will be our football players who need to do community service as well. Oh, that's so, efficient. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it's just uh, Jesus in the opening prayer and uh, football. Hmm. Um, well, to me, to? I, to, to me, and I don't know if Vicar might agree with me, is that um, it doesn't sound like it's just Jesus and football. It sounds like it's just football. Well, there's the coyotes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, I will say this. It does take a lot of work and dedication to, to be able to play football at, uh, at one of your Concordia universities there, Bullhagen, right? Well, I suppose that's a fair point. But isn't it just football, just like every Sunday seemingly is just football or just soccer or just volleyball or just wrestling? Don't we already have that going on every Sunday, it seems, nowadays? Well, remember, Bullhagen, think of how much parents love their children and how much they want their children to be star football players. I mean... I look at these massive human beings who are offering their service to our program, and I think, now what parent wouldn't want their children to be just like these fine men, giving their time for him to God be the glory? Um, I don't think I agree, um, but I, uh, I hope no one gets injured. Vicar, do you have any questions for Pastor Chris Christian? Uh, yeah, if I wish to go see that event in Oklahoma, where precisely do I go? Okay, so if you go to okl.gov slash rest area, uh, they have a page where they have a whole list of live webcams that, that are shown uh, probably for driver safety, huh? you know? I saw that as an opportunity, uh, uh, 19.0, of, uh, of being able to uh, live stream our just him in football uh, across anywhere. Cameras are set up. Everything's ready to go. Oh, 
Okay, so I don't have to go there. I can just tune in to the uh, live webcams at the state of Oklahoma's website for rest areas. Yes, because isn't that the point? Because Sundays are made for football, sitting in your comfortable clothes, just like everyone else. Well, you could do that now at home, in your pajamas, live streaming our Just Jesus and Football program, and then just continue on with the rest of your Sunday afternoon football uh, shows that hmm. people watch where, where men in striped shirts throw their colorful flags and, and throw around the animal skins. Very good. All right, Wait, I'll have to check with it. my supervisor see if I can get out of work that day. All right. Well, thank you for uh, calling, uh, Pastor Chris Christian, and uh, um, and I will keep uh, the children in our prayers for sure. Thank you, Bullhagen. Then be the glory. All right, he hung up. I, I, he just hung up. Thank you. So uh, uh, as we close out this uh, football episode, Vicar, because uh, I know how much you, you uh, like the, the throwing around the old animal skin. Oh, yeah. That's the best part. Um, is uh, one of our very earliest of shows, one of my very first top 12. I think it's my second top 12. I think my first one was I, I, uh, I ranked the apostles, the top 12 apostles. Okay. Um, uh, I think uh, I had a, a, a top 12 fantasy draft of uh, biblical... Uh, people uh, who would be great football players. Right on. So, uh, uh, and I thought the listener would like to hear uh, from the humble beginnings of the yeah. podcast, along with uh, uh, Pastor Berg and 15.0. Oh, that's a little obsolete, but okay. Right. He was uh, he was Patrick as well. Kind of oh, interesting. well, he's, then I guess he's okay. <laughs> So we will close the football episode with that. Where can they get a hold of us, Vicar? Okay. We can be reached by email at feedback at clericalerrors.org and on Facebook at Clerical Errors Podcast and on Twitter at me, bro. At Clerical Errors P. P for podcast. That's the one. All right. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. <laughs> All right. So so last time we did the 12 Apostles, and that was a pretty good ranking system. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So so as you grab your, your beverage and, and listen to this podcast, our Top 12 list, the uh, last one was a little more biblical, you know. The right. first one was not biblical at all. No, but pretty, pretty righteous. Right, right. This is kind of a little of a mix between the two. Now... I know it's uh, after football season, right? Okay. Were you a football player? I was. What position yeah. did you play? I was on the line, so. You are beefy. I am pretty awesome that way. Yeah. So. And uh, and so a lot of people, our listeners, I'm guessing will have more of a male audience. Maybe not. You know, we are here for everyone. But because people are missing football, uh, I thought maybe I could have uh, the top 12 biblical figures that I would pick to be on my football team. Nice. So if I it's were like a fan, like a biblical fantasy football right. team. Right. So nice. if, so if I were a general manager of a football team and I I had to draft from the pool of biblical characters. Nice. You know who would I pick from? So here we go. All right. Number twelve. Well, the probably the least important uh, position 
that everyone doesn't really give credence to, but you have to have one is a is a kicker, right? I don't know. When it comes down to the wire, I mean, you want a good kicker, right? Right. So, so uh, uh, my number twelve uh, player is Adam because okay. uh, he he has one of the greatest punts of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got that idea for Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I almost went with Jonah. He had some punts. He had a pretty big punt too. But, right. Uh, you know, when 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 God approached Adam, you know, what have you done? What right. did he say? It's my wife. Yeah. Just this wife you gave to me. Right. So obviously it's your fault. Right. Wouldn't you consider that's one of the greatest punts of all time? Yes. The first and the best. So now we have a kicker. Nice. Number eleven. Now, if you are are uh, down by six points, a few seconds on the clock, about 50 yards away. What do you need? Tell me. You need Mary. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. You need you need a Hail Mary, right? Right. So so obviously we need she's going to be our, our number one wide receiver, the one that'll be able to snatch that ball out of the air. Mm-hmm. So uh, so Mary nice. uh, is uh, number eleven on the list. Nice. Number ten. The prodigal son. Okay. The comeback player of the year. Nice, I like it. Um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, had a rough upbringing. You know, rough, rough time. But, but now he's back, and he, he's ready to go. He's a comeback player. Right. And, he started off pretty good, and then he had those years of uh, wenching and the like, and then, uh, but now he's back. It's like jo- Johnny Manziel if he came back to be a good player. You know. Nice. And and one thing he has that you want every every player on your team you, you got to have at least someone on your team that has a ring, right? Nice, and I, uh, I like that. And uh, does a, where did the prodigal son get his ring? From his dad. From his dad. Number nine. Now, one thing you need on your football team is you need some beef up front, right? Indeed. You need someone who's going to be able to to push through and, and and give you some open holes for the running back to run right. through, right? So. Uh, for me, I have Elgon, the, the Moab. Nice. <laughs> well, there's some. T- I mean, that's not just beef. I mean, that's the whole cow right there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the guy's so fat. Right. <laughs> that, that when uh, Ehud puts his sword in him, he uh, the fat sucks in the sword. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 another thing too is the way he begun the football team is. Is he's got that nastiness. He doesn't care about anything about it except, you know, imposing his will on the other side. Right. Now, now there's a downside to Elgon. He has. A, you have to make sure he's uh, up against a righty. He has trouble with left-handed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because, because he was killed by Ehud, who is the left-handed judge. That's right. Nice. Uh, by the way. Uh, uh, one of our previous uh, vicar, he actually preached on uh, his Lenten series was on the judges, and uh, he actually did a Lenten sermon on that very story. Nice. Number eight. Now, one thing you need is you just need some speed, right? Okay. You're going to have a football team, you need someone who could run. Right. Who can tighten his belt and just book it down the field. hmm And uh, I have Elijah for that. Okay. Right. He ran in front of Ahab's chariot. I like That's that. right. Nice. I mean, he was... He was booking it. Yeah, yeah, he was He had some it. speed. Number seven. Now, uh, you need someone on special teams who can, who's got some height to him, right? And so uh, I have uh, Og. Okay, with the big iron bed. That's right. Uh, uh, he was destroyed by the uh, 
by Moses. Og and Sion were destroyed by the Israelites. Um, they were Amalekites, and the children of Israel settled their land east of the Jordan. So uh, I have here that uh, that, that uh, he was actually about that he was about ten feet eight. That yeah, that does sound about right. He's a big guy. Yeah. So if you imagine you're trying to kick a field goal, place that guy. <laughs> Denied. Denied. Number six. Now this this particular uh, man. He's known for his elusiveness. He's known for being a little bit of a trickster. Okay. You need that on a football team. Right, right. He's got a great reputation as a wrestler, believe it or not. Okay. And I, I know I'm picking up what you're putting down. And uh, the problem is that there is a concern, and that is uh, I'm worried about the health because he's got a hip problem. Hopefully that clears up by the time he plays. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, my uh, number six player is Jacob. Nice. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that? That's... A good, uh, yeah, that's definitely a good representation of the man. His name is actually a wrestling term. You know, he who grabs by the heel. Right? Oh, yes. Because he grabbed his brother Esau's heel when he was coming out of the womb. And it also uh, would mean like usurper, right? Because mm-hmm. he actually usurps uh, the firstborn's right in a couple of different ways. Right. So, so uh, and uh, how did he get his reputation as a wrestler? Well, he wrestled with the man uh, of God. Um, on this, on the side of the Jabbok, uh, before he goes to meet his brother after like 20 years uh, with his uncle Laban. Uh, and here this man is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. And when Jesus sees that he's losing, uh, he pops Jacob's hip out of, out of, out of its socket. <laughs> but Jacob won't let go of him until he blesses him. And, so. and, and he gave him the name? Israel. Which means? He who strives with God. That's right. So he is number six. On this, what do you think of the team so far? I'm liking it. You like it? Yeah, this is like uh, what the '79 Dolphins. That's right. So they're, they're going undefeated. Right. Number five. Now every good team needs a good hands player, right? Okay. You know, for in case there's a squib kick. Right. Or uh, you know, uh, offside kick, or you just see one with someone with good hands. Right. So uh, from number five, I have the the six-fingered Philistine. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Six where, fingers on each hand and six toes. Where did you did you pick him up from like Second uh, Samuel or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh, who killed him? I think it was Jonathan. Nice. Number four. Now every every good team needs a, a good cornerback, right? Yep. Someone who's got a little. He's uh, going to say what's on his mind, mm-hmm. right? And. Uh, um, Early in his career, this this fellow, fellow was really known for uh, denying anything that was thrown his way. Nice. And uh, so uh, number four is the cornerback, uh, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. When, when the heat is on, the ball's coming, what is he going to do? <laughs> He's going to deny that thing, right? Right. And right. another thing about, I, like about, <laughs> I like about Peter as a cornerback is, a, not quarterback, cornerback, right? Is uh, the fact that he's he's got a short memory, so if if one gets by him, it's not going to bother. It's all good. Him. He's he's just gonna he's just still going to go after it, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, his uh, his his pressure, his impulsiveness, all those things will be on full display, uh, tracking the quarterback, making sure those balls don't get through. Righteous. Number three. This one's kind of an obvious choice. Goliath. <clears throat> Tell me more. Uh, great measurables. How tall was he? I think he was a little shorter, though, than uh, Og, but uh, I, it depends on how you measure the cubit. 
whether it's, you know, nine feet or 11 feet. So, but that guy was a stud. Right. I mean, he was good. Now, the knock on him is he's a little slow afoot. Okay. He's not not quick. He's not very elusive. I mean, he's just going to get in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need something agile, that's that's not him. Right. But if you need someone on the line, imagine having him and uh, Elgon next to each other. I mean, it's pretty, pretty formidable. Right. That's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Number two. The reason why I like this number two, <laughs> the reason why I like number two is is there's the obvious reasons why you would like this guy in your football team. But just the thought of his hair flowing beautifully out of the helmet. <laughs> nice. Just okay. uh, is very appealing because, you you know, you need someone. So Samson, who uh, now I'm not going to lie, he has some off-the-field concerns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and uh, you know, the referee is going to throw a lot of flags. He's getting a lot of personal fouls. He's not going to follow the coach's instructions very well. He might actually kill members on your own team. Right. Um, but uh, but uh, he would, I think, he would be an amazing football player. What do you think about that? I agree. And number one. Do you know who number one is? I'm going to go with Jesus. Well, uh, Notre Dame would probably agree with you. <laughs> with touchdown Jesus? Yeah, I just couldn't quite go there. <laughs> well, you know, you know that old hymn, right? Drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life. <laughs> I would if they were playing on water. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he would do a lot better like, on on water. Um, he would be great in the 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 after win celebration. You know, you have all these jugs of water lying around. Mm-hmm. You need, you know, um, but uh, but the guy I have as number one. First of all, what's a cornerstone of every every football team? What do you have to have? You have to have a quarterback, right? right. And you have to have a quarterback with a deadly arm, mm-hmm. laser uh, accuracy, right? Okay. Has to show some elusiveness as well. Yep. Another thing about a quarterback is, you know, the really good quarterbacks are kind of good looking. They're handsome gentlemen. Okay. You know? Like ruddy and ha- handsome? Yeah. Like, okay. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm going with David there. Nice. Okay. I, I can see that. Yeah. He's got, uh, mm-hmm. he's got a good arm. He's got a great arm. Yeah, just ask. Uh, at, at age 17, he was already killing lions and bears. Yeah. I mean, you know, which, I mean, those aren't great football teams to kill, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who couldn't beat the Lions and the Bears? <laughs> the Browns. <laughs> I mean, even the Vikings beat the Lions and the Bears. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he has got some experience against Lions and Bears already, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, he's not afraid to stand up to the, the bigger guys. Right. And uh, I think he would be a, a great uh, number one pick, starting nice. quarterback. Awesome. All right. Thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. And this is Vicar. And uh, may your animal skin be tossed about. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.